We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Roquan Smith had some interesting things to say about his negotiation process with Eric DaCosta that really gives us insight about the Ravens GM and how he might be approaching things in negotiations with Lamar Jackson. Yeah, Sarah, EDC is starting to build himself a reputation and maybe, just maybe, it could go a long way with players that choose not to have an agent represent them throughout this process. I'm Sarah Ellison alongside Bobby Trossett. It's Friday, January 13th. And this is your morning Ravens update from inside the vault. So for the first time since injuring his knee in week 13, Lamar Jackson released a statement providing important details on the severity of his PCL sprain, Sarah. Plus, it is the 10-year anniversary of the miracle at Mile High. We look back at that unforgettable moment with Joe Flacco and Jacoby Jones. Yeah, we have all that more coming up. Thanks for waking up with the Morning Vault, where you get the most important Ravens news in about 15 minutes. So we know that the Ravens made Roquan Smith the highest paid off-ball linebacker in NFL history with a five-year, $100 million deal that included $45 million in fully guaranteed money. Now we know the impact he's had on the Ravens' defense. We know it was a great move. But Sarah, I know you and honestly we both have been intrigued by the negotiation process that took place between Roquan and Eric DaCosta in the front office. Well, we've definitely been intrigued because there are some under-the-radar details that have implications for future negotiations with the Ravens that they'll have with really all their free agents, and of course that includes Lamar Jackson. So Bobby, there are two major takeaways that I got from this process. Yeah, something tells me that your first takeaway has, I don't know, something to do with the presence or lack thereof of an agent, right? (laughs) Yeah, that's exactly it. And the lesson learned here is that agents are not necessary middlemen for player team contract negotiations. Now, that doesn't mean that agents are useless either. Many players will still prefer to have an experienced negotiator take care of this process for them. They don't want to deal with it. But Bobby, We constantly hear from the media, especially the national media. They disparage players who choose to represent themselves. We've witnessed that nonstop with Lamar Jackson. 
He doesn't have an agent feeding the media info, so it's no surprise that they don't like that they can't get the inside scoop on one of the most compelling personalities and players in the league. And then they cloak that self-interested opinion and faux concern for Lamar himself in wanting him to get the best deal possible. But as Roquan proved, not only can a player get a great deal, but he can reset the market at his position without an agent. Roquan knew that was possible, and he never doubted himself for a minute. Uh, absolutely. I never wavered throughout the process. Uh, you know people are going to say this and that. Like everyone, everyone has their opinions about how they think things should be wrong, but I don't think anyone knows as a player that's uh, actually in it. And I think nowadays players want to be at the table for 100% transparency. And I think if you be there and you have respect for the guy you're talking with and you have help from your advisors and things like that, there's not things you uh, can't do. So I have the utmost respect respect for Eric again for working with me throughout uh, this process and it, it turned out great and I'm just excited to be here again. You know Sarah what stood out to me there most was that Roquan said players these days they want to be at the table themselves to get more transparency from the team and honestly it wouldn't surprise me at all if this trend and it really has sort of become somewhat of a trend if it continues where players opt for a team of financial advisors as you heard there from Roquan in place of an agent instead. And there's obviously a lot of monetary benefits to that as well. And what's also interesting that wasn't played in the clip was when he explained how he got the deal done in season. Again, you would think an agent would be needed in this circumstance because players are so focused on preparing for games, but EDC met with him on his off days, on Mondays, and sometimes on Tuesdays, which are half days for players throughout the season. Negotiating in season is something Lamar Jackson opted not to do, which that's okay, right? Like, great. That's his prerogative. But it is obviously possible. And that's what Roquan reaffirmed and proved this week. Yeah. And not only is it possible, Bobby, but it can go lightning fast when you're on the same page with the team. Roquan said they didn't even start negotiating until mid December. So it literally only required a couple of weeks for an agentless player to strike a deal on his own. That's pretty remarkable. All right. Takeaway number two. Hit me. All right. My second takeaway is that Eric DaCosta is building a reputation of being an honest straight shooter as a GM. And Bobby, that goes a long way in this league. Now, I can remember Ozzie Newsom had a very similar reputation. I don't know if you remember this, but in 2018, USA Today ran a poll with NFL agents from across the NFL. And they voted Ozzy as the number one most respected GM in the entire NFL. And as we know, EDC got a front row seat on how he did that, and I'm sure took notes. So keep that in mind as you listen to Roquan Smith talking about dealing with Ozzy's protege in Eric DaCosta. It wasn't an e easy process, but I have the utmost respect for uh, Eric. I think he's a, a very fair, honest guy. And, like, you know, a lot of times people say, oh, guys, can't players can't negotiate without agents and things like that. And that's not something I truly believe in because, like, talking with uh, talking with Eric throughout the process, like I said, he was honest, uh, you know, kept his word. Uh, and, man, I got a lot of respect for him, and I can't thank him enough for actually being fair and, uh, you know, seeing the value in me and, you know, making this happen and making uh, Baltimore home for me. So I'm just extremely excited to be here and call this place home and to be rocking out with my GM. I mean, yeah, that's extremely high praise there for EDC. Now, of course, we have to state the obvious as well. 
Roquan's going to be pretty happy with somebody that just gave him a record-setting contract for his position, obviously. But with that said, he didn't have to go the extra mile and call him a, quote, very fair and, quote, honest person. I mean, that was a little bit of extra juice there. He also went as far as to say he's going to be rocking out with his GM. You don't often hear words like that every time a player signs an extension partner. Well, and Bobby... In complete contrast, remember how Roquan talked about Chicago Bears GM Ryan Poles. Now, Roquan said that Poles called him into his office last offseason and told him that he would build Chicago's offense around quarterback Justin Fields and that he was going to build the defense around him, around Roquan. So that meant a top-of-the-market deal like the one he just got from Baltimore. But once Roquan got an offer from Chicago, he called what he got a, quote, slap in the face. Okay, he was also told that he wouldn't be traded even though he requested it. And later on, he obviously was. So Roquan said of polls, quote, I took him for his word, but life happens, close quote. Bobby, I've never heard a player talk that way of Eric DaCosta, even the guys that have left after not getting a contract or the guys that requested a trade. Now, I've definitely heard wide receivers being unhappy in Baltimore. I want to put that out there, which is not surprising given the system that is run here in Baltimore. But in terms of negotiating with EDC, his reputation is strong. I mean, he just struck a deal with a Pro Bowl player. He set the market and neither side leaked anything to the media. Nobody knew it was coming down the pike. So agentless players will certainly take notice of that. They will take notice of Roquan's words and agents, they've already taken notice. You know, Sarah, all of this makes me think about how negotiations have gone with Lamar Jackson behind closed doors. And what's interesting is that despite no deal being struck, obviously, at this current junction, there really has been no evidence of hard feelings the way there was with Roquan in Chicago. I mean, Roquan really did hold in for a contract in training camp last year, and he really did ask for a trade. Like, that wasn't speculated. That was real stuff, and he himself have made those things clear. Right. Those things really haven't happened with Lamar, but people have speculated it. And this, coming from me right now, is just speculation also. All of this makes me think the fact that there's been no hard feelings. It makes me think that Lamar and EDC are also being straight up with one another. Nobody is giving the other false promises. My guess is there is a disagreement about fully guaranteed money. As we know, only 45% of Roquan's deal was actually fully guaranteed, so that's a big difference. But there seems to be respect for one another's stance on fully guaranteed money between EDC and Lamar. Or at the very least, if there's not respect, there's no bad blood. Remember, Lamar was asked just before the season if the negotiation process has actually strengthened his trust between him and the Ravens organization. And Lamar said, quote, oh, yeah, no doubt, because I don't like people in my business at all. It's my business. If I wanted it out there, I'd put it out there myself, if anything. So, yes, close quote. And Sarah, one last thing from Roquan that we've heard from countless other players, well, let me just stop myself real quick. At least non-wide receiver players who don't love the run-first system, obviously. Uh, but that's how much they enjoy playing for this organization, right? Like Roquan admitted, if he hit free agency, he might have even gotten more than $100 million based on the needs out there at the linebacker position. But after being in Baltimore, after diving into their culture, and after being welcomed with open arms, 
the guy wanted to stay. I knew free agency was out there, but that wasn't my main focus because I have a lot of respect for uh, EDC for coming out and getting me from Chicago. So that meant a lot meant a lot to me like knowing someone that actually came out of me because you know get out in free agency yeah I may could have got more things like that but I'm happy where I'm at and I want to be on a team that has a chance to compete year in and year out to raise horse the Lombardi so that's my main uh, goal and that's my main focus and I knew this place was a place that I can like do that year in and year out so I wasn't really worried about free agency I was just more focused on getting a deal done here because I love it here so far and with all my teammates and stuff and how awesome they are and how they've been to me and everyone around the building. Still to come here on The Vault, notable practice news and notes from Thursday at the Castle, including encouraging signs for running back Gus Edwards, and also Lamar Jackson broke his silence. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, Bobby, just catch us up to speed on your news and notes from Thursday as we creep closer and closer to wildcard weekend. Yeah, well, we better begin with Lamar, who on Thursday broke his silence, as you mentioned there a minute ago, for the first time since injuring that left knee week 13 against the Denver Broncos. Now, Sarah, he released a tweet that included the following, quote, thank you everyone for your support and concerns regarding my injuries I want to give you all an update as I am in the recovery process. I've suffered a PCL grade two sprain on the borderline of a strain three. There is still inflammation surrounding my knee and my knee remains unstable. I'm still in good spirits as I continue with treatments on the road to recovery. I wish I could be out there with my guys more than anything, but I can't give 100% of myself to my guys and the fans. I am still hopeful we still have a chance, close quote. And partner, we won't go too deep into the weeds on this, being that we did release an extensive instant reaction solely dedicated to this and only this on Thursday night. So go check that out if you haven't already. But it's pretty self-explanatory. As you outlined well on Twitter, I thought, we now know for sure that one, Lamar isn't playing on Sunday. Two, the severity of his PCL sprain is legitimate and still significantly swollen. Three, His month-long and counting hiatus is injury-related, not a contract negotiation tactic. And finally, like the transparency and honesty is pretty refreshing. (laughs) Let's be very honest. It was much needed. It was definitely needed. So much has been speculated and it's been getting out of control. The conspiracy theorists out there can finally put their speculation to bed, although... 
Knowing them, Bobby, I'm not so sure. The narratives have only just begun, and that's okay. Again, more on all of that can be found in episode 152 in the archives. Sarah, before I share some practice updates, I did want to mention this from former pro football Dr. David Chow, who we've cited before here on The Vault. He tweeted out the following on Thursday, quote, extreme swelling approaching six weeks post-PCL is unusual. It would mean grade three PCL or possibly associated cartilage injury, which would put potential surgery on the table, contract related or not. This is bad news on Lamar Jackson, close quote. Now, Sarah, you brought my attention to an intriguing tweet you came across in the Athletics' Jeff Zarebik's Twitter mentions. Can you remind me what that entailed exactly? Yeah, so Jeff often answers questions that fans pose to him on a daily basis. And one came in asking about why local media haven't pursued the you know, no knee brace report, which stemmed from this Rich Eisen clip. I don't know what's going on with Lamar, because when I spoke to the Ravens, when I saw them um, in week, what was that, 15? They all mold together right now. Um, yeah, it was week 15, that Saturday night game in Cleveland. They were all saying, we're, we're going to get Lamar back, I think, next week. He could have played now, but he doesn't want to play with a brace on. He doesn't want to do this. He doesn't want to really do that until he's 100% healthy. And he's still not back. So, Bobby, Jeff's response to that fan was this, quote, I asked about that and I was told that it wasn't true, close quote. Yeah, something's just not quite adding up here. We talked about this at length on our Instant Reaction episode on on Thursday night as well. But something's telling me just both the organization and Lamar himself are going to have to answer a lot of questions once the dust settles this offseason, Sarah. Uh, But also, you could also say if the dust settles, Time will tell on that one. All right, Bobby. So just moving forward here, what else is there to report from Thursday? Yeah, I mean, well, first and foremost, it was good to see Tyler Huntley back out there throwing after being shut down the day prior. He was listed as a limited practice participant as he works through that nagging right shoulder. But Sarah, probably the best news, if you ask me, of the day, given Baltimore's expected game plan, was the return, at least in a limited capacity, of running back Gus Edwards. It's unclear whether or not he's actually cleared the concussion protocol as of right now, but at least the fact that he's practicing in limited capacity on a Thursday hopefully bodes well for Sunday night because they're going to need him. So Thursday marked the 10-year anniversary of the miracle at Mile High. I mean, we all remember the moment. Where were you then? Down seven points to the heavily favored Denver Broncos with no timeouts and less than a minute left in the divisional playoff game. QB Joe Flacco drops back on third and two and heaves a 70-yard prayer to Jacoby Jones. Flacco stepping up and throwing deep down the far sideline. in the Denver secondary. The Ravens are looking at a third down and three. They cannot afford to turf the ball. They have to snap it quickly from the gun. Denver rushes three. Flacco steps up, throws deep. Far sideline, Jacoby Jones has it at the 20. Jacoby Jones, touchdown, Ravens. No flags on the play, and the miracle is answered. Voice of the Ravens and Baltimore native, Jerry Sandusky. I I had this crazy premonition. I've only experienced this, I mean, one time 
at least on the air. And I said the Ray Lewis era could be ending. But if we've learned anything from Ray Lewis is that until there's no time left on the clock, you can't give up hope. So I said to the listeners, you know, if you have a, a lucky piece of clothing, go put it on. If you have a lucky part of your house, get there now. If you have a patron saint you pray to, start praying to that saint. Because right now the Ravens need a miracle. And sure enough, a couple of minutes later, 70-yard pass, the miracle is answered. We might never see a play that is more meaningful than this one play. That was so powerful. My goodness, Bobby, every single time I hear that or I watch it, I get chills. I mean, literally every single time, it never gets old. As we know, that was a play that kept the Ravens' Super Bowl chances alive. It sent them to overtime where Justin Tucker hit the game-winning field goal, and we all know what how it all played out from there. And Bobby, this is funny because I was on Twitter, and I saw the press box's bowl smoka asked people where they were, just as you said, when they watched that play. And so I thought it'd be fun if we did that here tonight. Bobby, where were you in 2000, I guess technically 13, it was January 20, 2013, when Jacoby and Joe connected for that improbable touchdown? I feel like this is going to be a moment for our listeners out there, like a, almost like a, a light bulb type of moment. I knew he was a millennial. I knew he was young, <laughs> but uh, I will expose myself, okay? January of 2013, I was coming off the high of emceeing my senior year in high school pep rally. I'm just going to put it out there. That's where I was at. <laughs> Wait, so were you watching the game or you weren't really watching the Ravens, Ravens at that time? Yeah, I mean, I was probably with the guys, you know, at, at one of our local yeah. basements or something in upstate New York where there's literally nothing to do besides ski and hang out in basketball gyms this time of year. You know, that was probably it. How about you? All right. So this day, I it's etched in my memory, not just because of the game, but I was finally released from the hospital for a good reason. I had just given birth to my third child. So we are definitely in different stages of our life at this point. Uh, you in high school, me coming home with my third child. And I remember bringing her home. And of course, we all watched the game. And I was like, ooh, she is really good luck. And I don't remember if it was that day or the next day, but I had found out that even though I was on maternity leave, the Ravens flew me and my entire family down to the Super Bowl. Uh, oh, I guess it would have been a little bit later because we didn't uh, know the results of, of the AFC championship game. But she came with me along with my two kids and my husband down to watch the Super Bowl, flew us down put us up in a hotel and I didn't even have to work a bit because I was on maternity leave. So thank you, Ravens. And before we fly, some other quick news items you need to know, beginning with this regarding Baltimore's director of player personnel, Joe Hortiz, who's been with the Ravens for 25 years. He is an OG Raven. The Arizona Cardinals have reportedly requested permission to interview Hortiz for their general manager vacancy. In other news, former Ravens safety Eric Weddle appeared on Kay Adams' show this week, and you know who he's repping ahead of this weekend. Hey, you're wearing your Charm City, you're wearing your Ravens gear. What are you trying to say? What are you trying to tell me? I'm just trying to bring good vibes and energy to my guys over there. It's going to be a tall task, but it can be done. Elsewhere, former NFL tight end Rob Gronkowski also hopped on with Kay this week. And 
you're telling me this dude must really be enjoying retirement so much so that he can't even remember Roquan Smith's name? It's going to be Joe Burrow again. I mean, he's going to decimate the Baltimore Ravens defense. Uh, the, the Baltimore Ravens, they can sign whoever they want for $100 million. It's not going to stop Joe Burrow. You know, I think they just signed that linebacker. It, it doesn't matter. You can keep him there long-term. Joe Burrow is going to decimate your secondary. He did it last week. He's going to do it again uh, this week coming up. And it's going to be back-to-back wins. And, and Baltimore is going to go home disappointed. And Joe Burrow is going to lead them, you know, to another deep playoff run. And finally, Atlanta's Mercedes-Benz Stadium has been selected as the site for a potential Bills-Chiefs AFC championship game, which, of course is to make up for the Bills losing out on their chance to go earn that number one seed in this year's postseason due to the schedule changes related to Buffalo safety, DeMar Hamlin's cardiac arrest. Thank you for listening to the Morning Ravens Vault, a podcast unaffiliated with the team. We created our show to keep you plugged into all things Ravens. So if you've been enjoying our content, please tap that follow button and share it with a friend. You can also catch us on YouTube by searching Raven's Vault Podcast. And we'd love to hear from you with comments, questions, or if you'd be interested in advertising. You can reach us by email at BaltimoreRavensVault at gmail.com. That is all the time we've got today, but be sure to check out our official game preview ahead of Ravens Bengals if you haven't already done so. And remember, we'll next be in action late Sunday night, bringing you our instant reaction live stream directly following the wild card round.